This is Swim Success with Music. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Success with Music. This is Walt. I am your music coach. And again, this is Swim Success with Music. This is a podcast for singers, songwriters, beat makers, music students. We are about music. We are about the music life. Hey, I appreciate you tuning in to the show as always. And if you were with us for the previous episode, which was episode 40, we were getting into some production related tips, some music production related tips and some things that I do to enhance some of my recordings and things to further the sound of some of the songs and tracks that I work on. So today we're going to continue in on part two of some production related tips for your digital audio workstation. And if you did not hear the previous episode, I encourage you to go back to episode number 40 and take a listen to some of the things that I outlined in that episode. In fact, I went over three different concepts that will be useful for you as a music producer. Today, I'm going to go over three more different concepts. Now, a word about last week and even this week. Know that when I bring these concepts to you, these things are not rules. They're not laws of music. Music is very subjective, meaning What I think about music will be very different than what you think about music. Music is regarded very differently from region to region, state by state. I mean, even your cousins or your brother, sisters, girlfriend, whatever, will have differences about what is phenomenal when it comes to music, what is creative when it comes to music. So as I outline some of these tips and as we go through this, don't see this as the final word as to what should be, what I'm hoping to do is simply give you different ways of going about creating and producing your music. And maybe you can take some of these tips and bring them into what you're doing and create your own sound. You may hear something and say, wow, you know what? I actually would do that and maybe add to some of the things that we're going over today. And again, this will help you just develop your own sound by just bringing in some new ideas or maybe just some slightly different ideas. All right, pretty simple stuff. Yo, so let's get into our episode for today. All right, so as we did before, I am going to play a track. This is a track that I made and it's a pretty short track. But I want you to listen to the entire thing, and we're going to go back and pull out three different concepts. So let me go ahead and play this track for you, and then we'll come back and discuss our three topics.
right, so that is the, the track here. All right, so let's talk about the first thing. I am a big believer in having a melody in a song. In this particular case, there is a synth that I have that's acting as the melody. Of course, if you're writing lyric-based music, hopefully your your voice or your vocal uh, component will offer up some of the, the major melody components. But there are times in music where you'll have both uh, melody being played by an instrument and also being sung or rapped or whatever, auto-tuned uh, to, to, to bring the audience in and, and give them that infectious tune that will be around with them once the song is over. In this instance, I use, again, a synth for that. So I want to talk about a production-related tip that I think will be helpful for you guys, especially those who are dabbling in the world of uh, electronic music. This can apply to rock or anything else. I want to go back here. Let me play the the melody line for you, and I'm going to talk about a concept here. I'm going to isolate the melody for you. Here it is. Okay, so that is the melody in this track, and I'll play it in context. So listen to it with the music back in. So the melody here is the most recognizable part, the part that you can walk away humming to, singing to, whistling to, that type of thing. It's the part that you want to be infectious, something that will stay with the listener once the song is off. So that is the melody. Now, here is something I want to bring out for today's episode. I'm going to go in and isolate this synth here and give you some things that I did here with this particular synth. So let me play it one more time by itself, just very quickly. So here's my thought on this. Because this represents the melody line, I, in my editing process, I actually added a number of layers to my synth sound in this instance to really make sure that the melody being played by the synth is full bodied. So in other words, what I did is, and you, you may not be able to hear this now, I'll deconstruct this further. I put in multiple layers within this sound in order to make it full thick and rich. Here's my main tip. I don't like opening up my digital audio workstation and just selecting a preset and or patch and just playing it in my song. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that at all. It's just a personal preference. Today's episode is me going through what I do for melodies. I like to layer my melodies. I like to add in additional sounds for a couple of reasons. One, that it punches through. And then also I layer my melody sounds because I want it to be unique. There have been instances where I've heard some popular music as an example, and I'm like, oh, hey, that's a pretty sweet song. And here I am in my studio kind of working and I'm going through different patches, trying to see what kind of sounds I like. And all of a sudden I come across a sound. I'm like, wait a minute, I've heard the sound before and come to find out well, great. This artist, this nationally known artist or globally known artist, they're using patch number 25. There's nothing wrong with that. But for me, I don't want my music to be replicated that easily. And that's really the point of me mentioning uh, creating 
your own sound within your digital audio workstation, especially when it comes to something like a melody, because it sticks out a lot. If it's like a, I don't know, a synth or a pad in the back or maybe a maybe a snare drum or a kick or whatever. I don't think it's that big of a deal. But when you're dealing with something like a melody that represents the part that's way out front, I try to put a bit more thought into to that part of the song. All right, let me show you what I put into this particular melody sound. I have three different sounds within this melody. So let me play the first layer for you. Here it is. So that's the first one. I don't know. It's kind of a bell type of sound and there's some delay or echoey type of um, qualities to this particular sound. Now, here's the next layer. Play this one for you. So that one to me has more of this airy, even slight. Uh, calliope type of sound to it. That's just kind of how I feel. And also it's panned. So if you happen to be listening to this podcast on uh, uh, in your headphones, you can tell that it's moved over to the right side of your headphones. If you're wearing your headphones in the right ear, the sound itself is also stretched out a bit, meaning it has more of a legato type of feel. The release on this particular synth is not very stark. It kind of hangs out there. Let me play it one more time. And also, there is just a slight delay in this particular sound as well. This delay, by the way, is timed to work in tandem with the main project tempo, which happens to be 110. All right, so let me move on to the last layer that I have here. Here it is. Okay, so that to me sounds like uh, more of a string sound. And again, if you're wearing headphones or you're listening on a stereo device, uh, this is moved over to the left, not all the way to the left, just slightly to the left. So just previous to this particular sound, we heard something to the right. This one is to the left. The other one was more kind of stretched out, has this more legato type of feel. This one is more short and to the point it's more staccato. And again, this is not a law or a rule, but in my mind, it feels like it kind of covers all areas. Stretched out sound, short sounds on the left, on the right. So this melody altogether really occupies a lot of space. And again, that's really the goal is to make the sound punch through. Now, when we first start listening to the melody, you probably didn't hear all of that that I just described to you. And mind you, these are individual patches that I, I layered in order to get this particular sound. So let me play it back again, and you're going to hear everything going together. All right, and one more time with the track. Okay, 
So hopefully you get the point. I like doing things that are not out of the box. I like to create my own sounds if, if, if at all possible. It just creates a level of distinction. Are there patches out there that sound very similar to what I use? Of course there is, but you're not going to be able to go to patch number 54 and find this exact sound with all the qualities that I mentioned today. So again, dual purpose, being unique, and along with that, you're also trying to make something that punches through if you're using sounds that are really representing your melody or the sounds that are really out there creating that distinction for your track. All right, let's move on to the next point. And for this point, I'm gonna move further into the track here. Let's go, let's start right here. All right, let me stop there. I'm gonna kinda tie this next point to uh, a, a new concept here. I like to emphasize when possible parts of the melody by having these rhythm accents, if you will. Let me go back and play it and I'm gonna tell you what I'm focused in on here. Here we go. So what I'm focused on, and I want you to focus on here for this part is that dum bum bum. That first part, bum, 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 dun, 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 dun. I'm using different rhythmic sounds to push that melody on those particular notes. The bum, 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 dun, 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 dun. So listen to the rhythm or the drums or the percussion as we go through this. Take a listen. Do you hear it? Let, let me isolate my drum kit so you can hear what I'm talking about. Here we go. What I'm doing is using certain sounds to accentuate certain rhythms in within the melody. Let me get the melody back in here. So on the first three notes of the melody, I have sounds to accentuate that rhythm for the melody, which is dum bum bum. Let me play it and listen to the listen to the rhythm that goes underneath that melody. Here we go. I have a drum kit here that has more of an 808 sound. I have quite a few layers in my drum kit, but I'm gonna isolate one here for you. Take a listen. Did you hear that? There's kind of a 808 drop sound that is going right along with the melody. In addition to that, I do have a kick drum that's working with those as well. Let me let me isolate this even further so you can hear the sounds that I'm referring to. You hear that? Let me remove the melody just to further drive home the point. So that is there inside of the rhythm section of the song to again accentuate that melody. Let me bring back the other sounds in my 808 kit. Same thing with the kick drum. You have the, the boom, boom, boom. Take a listen to it. So the point is, when I create my tracks, as we just talked about in the first tip or the first idea, yeah, I wanna make sure I put a lot of emphasis on making the melody push through and, and sound full and thick. 
But I also want to complement that melody, if I can, with other sounds. In this case, we're using rhythm. We're using an 808 in order to make it punch just a bit more, not on every single note of the melody, just on certain parts. When I do it in the way that I just mentioned, it gives the song this uh, 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 kind of feel. It's kind of a secondary push that goes in tandem or in conjunction with the melody. So again, when you do things like that, it further enhances the overall punch of the melody when these other supporting cast members, they kind of get behind that main melody line, not everywhere, but just in strategic places, just to drive that melody to make it even more infectious. All right, so let's go ahead and play this one more time so you can get the the fullness of what I'm talking about. And again, listen to that uh, uh, uh sound as we go through. Okay, here we go. Okay, now let's go on to our last point for today. And I want to talk about another part of this track here. Let me scroll down and I'm going to start us here and I'm going to talk about another production trick that I typically use. Take a listen. Okay, so what I want to talk about happened right there. Let me lay some groundwork here. When I'm creating music, I like to have what I call transition sounds for sections of the song that are somewhat different uh, than one another. So in other words, up until the very end of the song, I feel like the overall feel has remained the same. So if we go back to the very beginning, I'm not going to do that right now, but if we go back to the very beginning, what I'm in effect doing is just layering in sound. So when we first start, I don't have the the 808 kit in there. It's 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 um it drops in a few measures later and then I'm kind of layering sounds. But at the very end of the song, we bring in a very different type of melody than we used before. The chords change and To bridge those two parts of the song, again, I like to use transition sounds. Let me play it one more time, and then I'm going to isolate these transition sounds for you so you can hear what I'm talking about. Okay. So let me do this. I'm going to go ahead and solo the transition sounds that I'm referring to. I'm going to just play them by, I'm going to have them play individually. And I have about, uh, looks like three of them here. And when you isolate them, you will hear what I'm talking about. And we'll go back and, and, and go over the logic as to why I use transition sounds. So again, we have three different sounds that represent this transition point between one section and the other. Take a listen. All right, so there there is my sound transition. So you have this swelling of sound, and then there's kind of like this thud or this kind of um, boom sound 
And then when that boom sound happens, that represents the very beginning of a brand new section. All right. So let's talk about this. I personally like to use this in songs so that when the listener is following along with my track, these new sections don't just come out of nowhere. There is almost, um, I don't know, like a bridge between one place and the other. And I don't, I'm not sure if my next example is going to make sense to you, but j- just go with it so you can hopefully follow some of my logic. Imagine you're at a restaurant and you're having a nice, uh, I don't know, steak dinner or what have you. And then um, the server comes over and says, hey, you know what? Do you want uh, to have some dessert now that you're finished? And you're like, oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Instead of clearing out your plate, they just throw a piece of pie on top of your half eaten steak. It would just be weird and kind of disgusting and like, what in the world? So it's better if they clear out a space and then bring you a new plate and then move you into the next phase of dinner, as it were. And that's kind of how I feel about music. Very quickly, in a very quick fashion, I transition your ears from one place to the other versus just dropping a completely brand new sound on you out of nowhere. Again, remember, there are no rules in music. Can you do this? Yeah, I've heard it done before um, and you can do it for stylized purposes. But I like to provide that that bridge for listeners. If you don't, a lot of times songs sound like you just kind of hack them together. You had an all right chorus and then you had an all right verse and an all right bridge and you just mashed them together. It's like, ah, I kind of like that. Hey, I like that. I like that. Let's just smash it together and have this Frankenstein song. Style-wise, can it work? Yeah. You know, you might be held as a creative person for doing so. But sometimes people can see through that and it's like, you just took some decent pieces of multiple songs and just crammed them together. To eliminate that type of stitched together feel, I like to smooth areas over with things like that. Even if that's not the case, let's say you didn't start off with three different songs and you kind of mashed them into one. Again, it can feel that way if your transitions between sections, verses and intros and things like that seem completely different than one another. So let's go back. Let's go back. And I'm going to play all of the tracks so you can hear that swoop sound and that boom sound all together. Take a listen one more time. All right, so there you go. Hey, listen, I appreciate you tuning into the episode today. I'm hoping that some of these tips that I outlined for you today will help you think differently about how you create music in your home studio or wherever you happen to create music. My goal is to give you a different way of thinking about things. And sometimes just looking at music from a different vantage point causes you to be more creative. And of course, creativity is the name of the game. When you can achieve more creativity, you obviously can be more successful at music. Yo, I appreciate you checking us out. Make sure you share our podcast with people you know. Go over to our website, check out all of our other episodes. You can go to Success with 
successwithmusic.com. Again, that's successwithmusic.com. Yo, check us on the next episode and make sure you share the podcast. Hey, you can do us one better and leave us a phenomenal review on Apple Podcasts. Yo, check us next time. Old. I know there's gotta be a better way for me in this life.